Shmuelet where Shmuel meets Shaul, and Shaul came looking for donkeys, and Shmuel's been given instructions from Hashem to anoint him as a king. And we see this goes through a few stages. The first time that Shmuel speaks to him, so he invites him to eat with him on the dais of the, the Suda where the whole town is invited to, and he gives him the choice portion of the meat, he invites him to eat with him. The second thing he tells him is Shmuel is talking to Shaul, and he says to him, as I said at the beginning, that the donkeys have been found, and which means the chemda, something which all Kaisal is looking forward to, is is they're expecting great things from you. So that is already a hint, in addition to that, there's something more to tell him. Then we continue the story. And we're holding the pasuk chafayim, and then it says vayerdu me'abama ha'ir. After the meals, they go down from where they were sitting towards the town. Vayedabrim shalav agav. So Shmuel takes Shaul to the on to the roof, and he speaks to him on the roof. It doesn't tell us what he said to him on the roof, what they're speaking about. Rashi says over here that he instructed him in matters of of Torah and Yiras Hashem. The Adam of Hashem also said that he spoke to him about uh, general topics of as a Navi that he wanted to give Shaul advice for life about. And now, Vayashkimu, they wake up in the morning. Vayikaros Hashachar, as the dawn is rising, Vayikros Shmuel El Shaul Hagog, Leimakuma Vashalechos. brings Shaul back into the roof and says, I want to escort you when you leave. Vayakum Shaul Vayetushneim. So then Shaul gets ready to go, and Shmuel walks him outside, which is obviously a tremendous honor for the Navi to accompany somebody out. And as they're going towards the end of the town, Shmuel tells Shaul, remember that Shaul had his Nair with him, had his servant boy with him. So Shmuel says to Shaul, tell the servant to go ahead of us. And he went ahead. Why? Because obviously... It wasn't Shmuel's place, like Mephoshim pointed out, to advise, told, told the scenario to do. He was Shaul's servant. He said, to Shaul, told him to go ahead of us. And now, And you remain here with me, so I want to tell you what Hashem said. And we're going to see that this is the opportunity that Shmuel takes to introduce to Shaul that he's going to make him into a ruler. Now, the reason for all these various, uh, so to speak, signs that Shmuel showed him of COVID, whether it was inviting him to eat with him on the bimah, whether it was bring, you know, escorting him out of the city, talking to him on the roof. Basically, uh, Shmuel understood that Shaul for sure wasn't expecting to be made a king. Thank you. And we understand, we know that when somebody is suddenly presented with things which were way more than they were expecting, way above what they were expecting, so then you know, one of two negative effects. It can either change them into becoming a than Gaiva, about Gaiva, or, or alternatively, sometimes news is just too shocking to a person, they don't believe it, they don't accept it. Like we see it says by Yaakov, when, yeah, when he found Yosef was alive, which was, he wasn't expecting to hear, he was so shocked that he didn't believe it. And therefore, Shmuel once decides, instead of just breaking the news to Shaul, you're the king, which was completely nothing Shaul was expecting, he decided rather the way to do it is slowly, 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 Shaul, and he's honoring Shaul, and then Shaul will obviously take it himself, why is the Navi honoring me? So the first thing Shmuel says to him is that, you're someone that has placed Shaul's great expectations for. And then he says to him, come on, I want you to join me, like on the dais of the meal. 
and then he speaks to him, so I want to give you instruction for life, I want to teach you some, some, some secrets of Torah, whatever it was. So slowly, slowly, he's bringing Shaul to the stage. What he realizes that obviously Shmuel is more for him than just to tell him what the donkeys are. And that way to prepare him more to the, to, to the news that he's going to be anointed as a king. Okay, so that's the, that, that's the beginning of uh, the, the interaction between Shmuel and Shaul. And now he's starting Perakyot. So then now that they're alone, Shmuel takes the, the pach, it's like a jar of oil, he pours it on Shaul's head, he kisses him, you should know that Hashem has anointed you, and this is obviously the anointing, as a nugget, which means as a ruler, over Kali Yisrael. Why was it done privately? Right. No. Oh, so we're going to ask a few questions here. One of them is, why was it done in private? Why wasn't it done in the public ceremony? And that's the first question. Another question that the Farshim asked is, um, what, was the, what was the purpose of the kiss? Besides for Paul Avhead, he also kissed him. And there's a Chazal. The Chazal say that we found three times in Chazal where we see that uh, there was a significance to kissing someone. The one is uh, what's called the Shikashagdala, which means when somebody was raised to a high level, so uh, then the person who brought him that devil uh, would kiss him, and that would be found over here. Find other examples of that as well. That Shmuel, having now raised Shaul to the stand of being a king, he kissed him too. And what is the significance of that? And we'll see by his Russian. Now, that's, so that's the second question. And the third question we can ask is, why didn't he say that Shmuel anointed you as a king? Why didn't he say Shmuel anointed you as a ruler? And like we saw already previously, that Shmuel, Shmuel twice avoided, the, or even Hashem, when he speaks to Shmuel, he uses the word nugget. We saw it previously in Bazak Tazayin. He said, Meshachta in the nugget on Mishach. You'll anoint him as a ruler. So we see already then that Akadish Baruch also avoided using the word king. The question was why? Every so, kiss in Chazal was, uh, was a Neshika of what was it called? Chazal said there are three Neshikas. The one is the Neshika of Abdullah, the Neshika of Precious, and the so this is the example Chazal gave of the Shekhar Shal When a person is raised to a high level, that's a kiss. And when, and when, um, when Mike kissed... The beginning point, and there's a question, what, had, what was the oil that Shmuel used to anoint Shal? Because we know that, really, the, the oil meant to be used to anoint kings with Hashem and Amishra. The Torah tells us about the special oil that they used to anoint the kings, to anoint the Kohen so we receive that was the oil which should have been used here as well. There's a Gemara which says that Malchi Yisrael weren't anointed with Shemir Amishcha. Malchi Yisrael weren't anointed with Shemir Aparsim. Shemir Aparsim just means uh, like a fragrant oil. It wasn't a, it was an expensive uh, a fragrant oil, but it wasn't a holy oil. It wasn't a Shemir Amishcha. And why were Malchi Yisrael not given the Shemir Amishcha? Probably because they didn't have access to it. It was kept in the Besamekdash. Malchi Yisrael were the ten tribes. Didn't have access to the oil in the Western Mediterranean. So they just used any other oil which was considered a, a respect, like a kosh of oil, an important oil, as a sign of another. It wasn't the real Shemir Mishra. And if that's the case, when it comes to show what oil was used, so the assumption would be that the oil was used as Shemir Mishra. Shmuel had the Shemir Mishra. This was before the division in Klai so there's no reason why shouldn't have used it. And actually, the Rishonim say that. Rashin and Gemara says when Malchi Yisrael um, were anointed with the Shemir Mishra, Rashi and Tosas both say, or Shemir Aparsimon, Rashi and Tosas both say, those were the Malchi Yisrael after David. After David. 
Similarly, the Ramam says that, and it's really Chazal, because Chazal say that the difference between the way that David Amalek was anointed and Shal Amalek was anointed is when it talks about Shal's anointment, it says that Shmuel used a pach, and he used a, a jar of oil. When it talks, uh, I don't know, he the whole thing, but the oil was in a jar. Whereas when it comes to David Amalek, so it says he used a karen. A karen is like a horn. And then the Apostle in the, on the Shira of Chana, Shmuel's mother, so she says, Rama Karni Ba'ashem. And then Chazal say that the, the, the David was Nimshach Bekeren, that was a real sign of the Malchus, whereas Shol was only Nimshach Bepach, it, it wasn't the same symbol of Malchus. And they don't differentiate between the oil being used. And therefore the Mashmaz of Chazal and Rashi and Tosis and the Rambam is all that Shol was also anointed with Shem and Amishol. But Lemayas is interesting, because even that's what all the Rishonim say, a lot of the Achronim, and the Farshim and the Novi say, that Shal was also anointed with the Shem and Parsimon, not Shem and against what the Rishonim said, but that's what they explain. And uh, and uh, even the Radak, yeah, the Rishon says it too. But is there a difference? And what would the reason for that be? And the answer is they understood that the Shem and had a certain condition to it. That something anointed with Shem and would remain holy forever. And if that's the case, being as you know that Charles Malchus was short lived, so if that's the case, it couldn't be B'Shem and because something which is this Kaddish, B'Shem and remains Kaddish forever. You can't undo the effect of the and And Charles, you know, was de- deprived of his Malchus, was taken away from him. So that wouldn't have been the case for Shem and Amishra. And that's what all Malchus None of them were given the guarantee that their Malchus would last, and indeed none of them did. The, 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 the one, one dynasty of the Nets was destroyed, as they did others. And therefore, it's difficult by the Malchus based David, or the Kohen the of the Aaron, who were known as Shem and Mishra, because that was something which remained, that was something which lasted. In other words, even if Shaul would not have sinned, uh, no, so that brings us, well, the, so that brings to, that brings us to the answer to the other two questions of Shaul also. And that is, and this is something else which the Shem discussed, which you could really assume as being the same basis for the argument, or the, the two points of view. And that is, what was the intention? Mirosh, Shaul's Malchus. Was there a real possibility that Shaul's Malchus could have endured, and it was only because of his Averis that it didn't? Or was there never a possibility of Shaul's Malchus being a long-term Malchus, that it was only a temporary thing until Hashem wanted David to become the king? It just ended tragically because of Shaul's Averis, but it would have ended peacefully otherwise. But Lemaissa was never meant to be a long-lasting Malchus. And that really goes back to the same question. Because if we can say that at this stage it was meant to be a long-lasting Malchus, then there's no reason why um, it was only the Hatchida meant to be a, a temporary Malchus, and it makes sense why the Akharinim would say that they used the Shem and the Parasimah. And that also goes to the second point why Hashem said anoint him as a Nogit, and Hashem didn't say anoint him as a Melech. So that's the first we explained because it was never meant to be a long lasting Malchus. The idea of a Melech is that something which is passed down be a Risha. A Melech, uh, you know, his children inherit the Melechah. So it's meant to, uh, a Melech transfers his crown to his son. Whereas a Nogid, who's a ruler, doesn't necessarily transfer his crown to his son. And therefore, they say that Charles Malchus was never meant to be a Malchus. It was never meant to be a ruling family. He was given Malchus for as long as Hashem wanted him to have it. But he was called a Nogid, not a Melech, because it wasn't going to be transmitted to his children. That's the one side. The other side, and that is, why did the Mephashim say that? Because we know that really the Malchus was meant to come from Shevet Yehudah. 
And we know that David Melech was primed from the beginning to be the Melech. And if that's the case, to say that Shaul could have been the Melech and David wouldn't have been the Melech doesn't make sense. Therefore, the first school of Acharnim is that Shaul's Malchus was meant to be an interim Malchus, and therefore it didn't have the full guidance of, of the kingship. It was only meant to be, so to speak, until such time as the Malchus was going to die. The second chapter is that the, this is the Ramban. The Ramban also asks this question on the And the Ramban in Kharsayichi says a very interesting answer. He says, Shaul's Malchus could have continued had he not done Averis, but it would have been in a similar position to Yosef being a king in Mitzrayim. In other words, he would have been a second in command to David. And therefore, there could have been a continuation of Malchus based Benjamin, but it would have been associated subservient to Malchus based David. Like it says by Yosef, that Yosef was uh, considered the second to the king, but he had a certain Malchus. Is that like the comparison to the, the relationship between the sun and the moon and the moon not It would have been similar to what this moon would have been in the Chara had the moon not complained. Yes. Now, if that's the case, it's interesting because we never find Yosef referred to as a Melech. Yosef was a mission in the Melech. And if that's the case, Shaul would have had to be demoted at some stage. Because even though right now he was meant to be the number one, he was meant to be the leader. Had that happened, then he would have been moved to second place. What's very interesting is, Shaul's son Yonason, like we're going to see, realized that David was going to be the king. He knew that the king had to come from Yehuda. And he, being the oldest son of Shaul, was knew that he was meant to replace his father. And he tells David twice, I'm going to be your mission in the Melech. Which means he understood this too. He understood that, um, that our, my family's position, even if we're going to keep our Malchus, is going to be subservient to, to Malchus Yehuda. And therefore he understood that he would, if, if he would, he would hear foresaw what's happening, is David would be the king and he would be his second. What he didn't foresee is that Shaul got punished with his sons and they all died. But the matter that would have been, that would have been the other option. Okay, so that, that's the Ramban's way of looking at it, that Shaul was appointed and he wouldn't have lost his Melucha, but it would have become subservient to Malchus Pesach Yehuda. It would be almost like a, like a Kohen Gadol who replaced the Kohen Gadol temporarily and then has to the Kohen go back down. It's not exactly the same thing, because the Kohen Sha'ava has nothing. He can't even avoid it at all. Because it's an embarrassment to the other Right, right. Thing. So, he has, so here would have been, he would have had something, but it would have been less than the king. Now, the, la- the last option, which the Rishonim say, is we know that um, Hashem knew how long Shaul was going to live for. And Shaul could have been a king until he died. And this wouldn't be given to his son. And uh, the, what happened to Shaul is that, as we know, he died tragically because of, the, of not killing Amalek or, or everything else he did wrong. But Lemaise, there was a time span for Shaul's life. And if that's the case, it could have been that Shaul would have lived out his kingship. And after him, when it comes to who's going to be next, then we'll have gone to Malchus Beis Um And if that's the case, then Shaul could have been anointed as the real king. Because for the length of his life, he could have been the real king. As it, was just, it wasn't meant to transmit to his children, which why why he was called a Nagid and not a Melech. Okay, so those are the three options. Is it more Mashmah, like the first Mashmah? There's no Shemar Mishra, no Karen, and Nagid. So there's a Mashmah, that's what I said. The Mashmah between the Rishonim. And how do they learn all these? There's a lot of mashmoyos, like the first mashmoyos. No, the first, the only mashmoyos is to say it's called the nagid, but nagid just means it doesn't get translated. It's short. Plus the pach, the pach, yes. The pach, as opposed to the karen, is there was something which wasn't going to last. But uh, then if that's the case, we can explain also that the dynasty wasn't going to last. I have an interesting thought. Yeah. Eventually.
That's the first point. Now let's look at the second point. What's the idea of a Yishakeo? Of kissing him. And what's the idea of a kiss shall godless? So really this is, comes from the Torah. It says when Moshe asked Hashem to make uh, other leaders in the Jewish people besides for himself. So Hashem says, I'm willing to make 70 Skynim. But the Skynim aren't necessarily on the level. And they're going to get Nebuah or Ruach HaKodesh directly from Hashem. So the Pasuk says, is that some of the Ruach HaKodesh which Moshe got, is going to transfer to the Skynim. And that's why they will now be, so to speak, be able to get Ruach HaKodesh via Moshe. They aren't Zoychot on their own, but they'll, they'll, through Moshe, it will be given to them too. And the Apostle says, took from the spirit and from that, he gave it to the Skainim. And now we're going to see the same thing over here. And that is that for somebody to, like in this case, Shmuel, the Nabi, to bring Shal to the level that he's going to be a king and therefore be right for that Ruch HaKodesh, so immediately he has to bring down a certain Koyach which Shal didn't have yet. And the way that he transferred the koyach to Shaul was with kiss, by kissing him. The Zara says that uh, the concept of a kiss is to give from a person's ruch, which is his breath, to somebody else. The kiss shall godless means a person's raising somebody else up by giving some of their ruch to the other person. And therefore, kissing Shaul was a way of transmitting some of Shmuel's ruch to Shaul. And you're going to see in a few specific times it had an effect. That Shaul became, at least temporarily, became a Navi to everybody's amazement because they never thought Shaul was ready to be a Navi. It's like I'm Shaul by Naveen. That is Shaul suddenly a Navi and Shaul on his own wasn't on the level to be a Navi. But now that he had been given that some of the spirit of Shmuel, now imagine he was raised to the level where he could be a Navi too. Okay, so that was the point of raising to that level. Um, I heard from a friend once, but it's a, the Khar is a true point. And that is the safer we learn is called Sefer Shmuel. Even though, really, it's only the first ten prophets, which until we are now, we talk about Shmuel. The rest of the Sefer Shmuel talks about Shaul, and then the continuation, and the whole Shaul, the second part of Sefer Shmuel base, talks about David Melech. So why is the whole Sefer called Sefer Shmuel? It's true he writes it, but he wrote others for him too. He wrote Shaftim, he wrote Rus. And uh, so it's true the first story talks about him, the beginning of the Sefer talks about him. Maybe that's the reason. But uh, I heard a, a nice idea which I think is true as well. And that is that Shaul and David were the two Talmudim of Shmuel. He, 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 he fashioned them into what they were. And therefore their career was really part of Shmuel's work. And this is really see right at the very beginning. That when, in the Shana's Shira, when she appreciates Hashem for giving her a son, and she talks about what he's going to do, so she talks about the two kings that Shmuel is going to anoint. Which means Shmuel's job is going to be to create the Melech and the Meshech. The Melech was Shaul, and the Meshech was the one who was anointed with the real anointed, which was David. And that was part of, uh, so to speak, Shmuel's achievement was he was the one who set up the two, the two kings, Shaul and David. And therefore we see it wasn't just that he was given the function of anoint Shaul and that's, that's all it is. No, he, Shmuel considered Shaul his prodigy. He had built him, he had made him into a king. He had given him the spirit to become the king, which is why we're going to see when Hashem decides later on to take the Malchus away from Shaul, Shmuel takes it very much to heart. It says he cried the whole night. Because this was his work, this was his uh, Talmud, 
and therefore he felt invested, so to speak, in Shal's Malchus. Okay, so that's uh, that was the so here's where Shal gets anointed. In our what we're going to see tomorrow, the next Pesukim is a list of very very strange instructions that Shmuel gives Shal, tells him what's, what's going to what he's going to need to do next. And as I said, we're going to look at the Mepharshim to explain what the significance of these messages for Shal were.